Welcome to the Fatherhood Podcast. I'm your host, Jamar Hudson, and you're in the fatherhood. As a new member of the hood, my goal is to use this podcast as a platform to talk about my journey as a father. Part therapeutic, part informative, part educational. My goal is to talk about everything, from adjusting to getting no sleep, to changing diapers, to just hoping I get everything right. This podcast will be a space to share with you the joys, challenges, and fears of being a first-time father. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Volume 3 of the Fatherhood Podcast Summer Sessions. I'm your host, Jamar Hudson, and as always, welcome. You know, one of the great things about social media is that you're able to connect with folks that you would not otherwise meet, and you just become a part of each other's virtual social circle, so to speak. And if you've been on Twitter and Instagram for a while, you're fortunate enough to watch the progression of life for some of these folks. And my next guest definitely falls into that category for me. I feel like I've watched his kids grow up. Uh, I've seen him launch several projects, and I've just admired the type of guy that he is. And I'm happy to, happy to be able to connect with him and have him drop some jewels on us today. So with that said, Eddie Powell, welcome to the fatherhood, my man. Thanks for having me, my guy, man. It's a pleasure to to be on the show, my guy. I really appreciate it, man. Well, let's, let's jump right into it, man. And I, I will ask all my guests to just tell me a little bit about themselves before we get started with the conversation. Well, I uh, I still consider myself a Florida boy, even though I haven't lived there since I was in high school. Uh, after uh, growing up in Tampa, I went to Oakwood College in Huntsville, Alabama, a uh, smaller known HBCU. But uh, through the years, I've done many different many different things in work, and uh, I've somehow ended up in education. <laughs> so uh, I work at an elementary school. I'm one of the discipline coordinators there, and uh, I wear several hats. But uh, it, it's been a joy working with young people. Um, last year, I started a distinguished gentleman's program at my school that uh, kind of mentors young boys. And uh, we really got that thing going and off the ground. And um, I mean, that's what I do for the nine to five. I have a hobby, uh, which I am a huge sports lover and I cover the Hawks for the Hawksbeat.com. So I've been covering the Hawks for this is going to be my fifth uh, credentialed NBA season uh, covering the Hawks. So what that means is I don't just uh, write about the Hawks from my desk. I'm actually at the games and the locker rooms and the press conferences, all that jazz. So it's been kind of cool moonlighting and doing that in the evenings uh, while working in education during the day. But uh, I'm a simple dude, man. I love life, I love sports, and I love to have a good time. Yeah, man. But but as we know, your full time job is a father, man. So tell tell me about your your daughter and your son. Oh, man. Um, AEJ, uh, Edwin Jackson, is nine years old. And Samantha is six years old. She just turned six uh, last month. And they are a uh, they I always say kids are the color of life, you know, and there's nothing to really prepare you (laughs) for uh, everything that kids bring into your life, be it the good and be it the bad. Uh, But but they are the color of life, man. They're two energetic kids and uh they're, they're, they're good people man they're good people that is awesome man and, and like i said in my intro i feel like i watched them grow up because i remember um both of them man you're just, just watching you know your son first and then your, your daughter came along and just to watch you know how they've grown up you know me watching it virtually has been amazing to see um and they're big kids now man and they're in school which, which is awesome so eddie what i ask all my guests man as you know what, what does being a father mean to you 
Oh man, it, it, it means a lot. It is like, it's hard to even imagine what my life was like before my kids. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. I sit with my wife and I'm like, what do we do with all that extra money and all that extra free time? <laughs> you know, uh, we recently had a, a weekend where the kids were at the grandparents' house and we were just looking at each other like, so yeah. how do we operate? But uh, being a father is a hat that I have thoroughly enjoyed. And I mean, it. it is it is. Uh, such a satisfying, I don't even call it a job. It's like a calling, you know what I'm saying? It, it is a, it's much more than just something that you are. It, I believe that there is a spiritual element to it. And um, I, I embrace it. I, I embraced it from day one. I was never scared. I was never, you know, fearful. Yeah. I was like, okay, yeah. so we about to have kids now. Here's what it is, you know? So it's it's been a dope journey, man. Interesting, man. Don't want to forget, man. Give, give a shout out to your wife, man. That's important. <laughs> don't want you to get in trouble. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no doubt, man. I got, I got 15 years in the game, man. I ain't no veteran, man. So, you know, I'm a veteran. So uh, I, I've known my wife for 15 years. We've been married for 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, next September will be our 14th uh, wedding anniversary. And uh, it's been a great journey, man. She's awesome. That's awesome. Man. And going back to what you were saying about, you know, being excited and ready for kids. Take me through, like, who were some 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 men in your life growing up, Eddie, that, that you patterned your approach of fatherhood after? Like, once you once you knew uh, you were going to become a dad, who did you want to model how you approach fatherhood after? Well, uh, I was lucky enough to have a dad in my life. Um, I had an amazing father. He he wasn't perfect, but he was very present as a father. Um, I can remember him going to my basketball games. I can remember even him even refing some of my basketball games when we got to the game and there was no referee. You know, Pop showed out with the with the uh, the black and the white shirt and the whistle. Uh, but you know, my father was very present with me. Uh, my brother and my sister. And he I just had that example of just being involved. And so to me, that's what a father was. You know, he 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 didn't mind doing the dishes. He didn't mind cooking or doing things like that. And looking back like that's who I am as a father. And so he he was definitely the template. Um, After him, I would say my brother, Uh, my brother, I have an older brother who's five years older than me. And he kind of went through life before me. So I got to watch him a lot. Uh, What does it look like to finish college? What does it look like to get married, to have kids and to become a father? And he kind of like my kind of like my father, you know, operated in that same mold of being very present in the kid's life. And when it was my turn, that was kind of who I wanted to to be like, you know, my brother and my father. Awesome, man. Staying, staying right there, Eddie. You, you lost your dad. You're, you're open uh, in the social media space and talking about that and honoring him and acknowledging him, which I, I admire. Tell me a little bit about how losing him and how the death of your dad impacted you, um, not just personally, but once you became a father. How did how did that, that work for you? So that is like a constant uh, evolution of my life to me, to be honest with you. Um, so imagine 2005, my father passes in May uh, after a battle with cancer and my son is born like four months Mm -hmm. later. So if you can just imagine the gamut of emotions that year 
from having to lay your father to rest to having a newborn child and uh, the excitement and the joy, but yet you're still kind of kind of bitter at life that, you know, you can't share these things with your father. And, you know, th- those moments where you like to say, hey, dad, you know, what what did you do when I was, you know, going through these things and the very beginning stages of fatherhood? And I, I was kind of bitter, to be honest with you, man, to be to keep it 100. I was kind of bitter that I didn't have that um, uh, that advisor to guide yeah. me through. <laughs> like, what do I do at three o'clock in the morning yeah. when, you know, the baby's crying and the wife yeah. is, you know, you know how it is. But I, I was kind of bitter about life. But I, I, I went back to, you know, my father was a very loving man. And I was like, you know, if I'm going to err on anything. Uh, for being a father, I would err on the side of love, you know? And so, you know, I just tried to love that little creature as much as I could and be as, as much of a help to my wife as possible and just let everything else fall where they may. And, you know, and so, you know, holidays are still difficult, yeah. you know, without my father. And, and it's been 10 years, man. It's been like literally 10 years. But, you know, I, I miss the opportunity of sharing my kids with him. But, I mean, it has encouraged me to be, um, a better man, because a lot of times I look and I'll ask myself, you know, what would dad do? You know, what would dad do in this situation? You know, and I think that him showing that example is the best thing that he could have done for me. Yeah, man, it's an interesting point you brought up there um, about not being able to to pick up the phone and call um, and ask questions and just kind of vent to him. So so in that absence, because I think that's important, I mean, all, all men and all fathers need to have that person, whether it's a dad or uncle or uh, one of your boys to pick up the phone and call on, on someone. So who is that person for you? Who do you lean on, especially early on as a young dad, um, for advice and for, for that, that, that listening ear? Early on, I would have to say a, a lot of my college buddies. So um, a lot of my college buddies, we all kind of got married around the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we all kind of started having kids around the same time. And I was able to confide in them, and especially, I mean, even before the kids came with, with you know, the ups and downs of marriage and be like, hey, man, like, what's going on? Like, yeah. <laughs> what's going on with this woman I married? <laughs> but you know, like this? dealing with that. <laughs> dealing with that and, and and dealing with you know becoming a father but like yo man like yo what's up with these diapers and yeah. you know kid you know just the elements of that so uh my peers my college peers specifically uh my college buddies were big help and just allowing me a safe space to vent and to ask questions and not feel judged so that would probably be the answer to that yeah, man, I, I definitely think that's an important thing for all fathers. I'm I'm grateful and thankful to have a village um, of 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 guys who I'm close to who are fathers. I can pick up the phone. We have a group text. We can kind of just bounce ideas and and just feelings off of each other. That's that's very important to the process. So, Ed, Ed as a father of a boy and a girl, man, how is the approach different um, at all in in raising um, a son versus raising a daughter? How do you balance the two? Oh, man, let me tell you, um, I did not want a second child. <laughs> I was good with the first one, man. I, I was ready to, hey, man, I, if you need me to get the snip, I get the snip. But I was like, look, man, we we, we got one and we're good. <laughs> but my wife, being an only child, uh, she can be very persuasive. And, you know, she wanted a, a second child. And um, 
uh, here came Samantha. <laughs> and so, uh, and, and she was a girl, you know, and, and, and I never imagined having a girl. It was always like, yeah, okay, if I have another child, it's going to be another boy. Like, it was just like, it wasn't a thought. And the crazy thing of about the two is that boys, I think to, for men, boys kind of come natural. You know, it, it, you're preparing your boy for manhood from day one, you know, you're preparing him for manhood. You're trying to instill principles and things that will make him strong for when it's time for him to fly on his own. So yeah. that, that part came natural for me, uh, how to discipline a boy. It came natural. But when that girl came along, my, <laughs> oh my goodness, I, the pull that a girl has on a father's yeah. heart is something that is just almost, I mean, I, it's hard to even put into words like this little delicate creature and the game just changed, bro. And so I, I, I had to, I would say she softened me. She softened me in, in how I dealt with her, which was good because I work on an elementary level and dealing with, you know, younger kids, younger girls who are kindergarten and first grade, it really helped me in my job. And it really helped me just, you know, see a different side of of life with her. And so it was kind of like the yin and the yang balance. You know, you love them both the same. But I mean, the goal is, you know, you definitely just want to raise good people. You want to raise good kids, teach them in uh, good principles to be good people. You just don't want your kids to be yeah, jerks. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And um, when that girl came along, man, it was just the tug on my heart was just like, yeah. wow. It, it, and, and, it was, and it's a constant adjustment. And so it, there are times where, you know, w- my wife and I, you know, we played the good cop, bad cop a lot. And, you know, with the girl, it's, it's always my wife is always the bad cop and I'm always <laughs> the good cop. <laughs> And it's just kind of natural, you know, like, like, hey, man, you kind of being too hard on it, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, and and then anyone that knows Samantha, you know, that they say that's my twin. She's always crawling on me. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 but I enjoy the ride, man. I just enjoy the ride. So they're two different, unique individuals, but it has made me a better person for it. And having a boy and a girl, Eddie, man, you know, as a father of a son, I know that, and as, as he ages, there are going to be some things that, you know, he has to deal with being a black man in this country um, that I'm going to have to address. You're going to have to deal with both sides of it. You're going to have to have a son that you're going to have to address some issues with. And um, you're going to have to have a daughter. They're going to have some different issues that you're going to have to um, deal with and prepare her for. Have you thought that far ahead? Um, if so, how do you plan on approaching that? Every day of my life, I think about it, man. Like every day of my life, I try to really uh, relegate and manage how much news that I take in mm-hmm. for my into my mental space, to be honest with you, because it can be overwhelming. Like if you watch the news and you think about your child going out into that world, it can be overwhelming to the point that you focus on that more so than you focus on raising the kids. Yeah. You know, I don't live with a spirit of fear. And so my goal is to equip both of my kids with good principles. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like treat people good. You know what I'm saying? Like that goes a long way. You know, live live your life and show love to people. Show love to people who may not who may not necessarily deserve it. Show love to people who who have less than you, you know? And if you operate from that standpoint where you're showing your kids and you're you're trying to treat your kids on how to just be good people, then you 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 hope that they can weather the storms that life may bring, um, 
as far as raising a, a black male, man, it, it's terrifying at times, man. Like, to be honest with you, it's terrifying. But you you just yeah. have to have faith that, you know, I'm going to just I'm just you can only do so much. <laughs> you know, you can yeah. only do so much. You know, you're going to have to have that talk a little earlier about how to conduct yourself around police and how to conduct yourself around uh, certain people who may not have your best interests. Uh, you're going to have to choose your best friend. So, I mean, uh, all that is part of that piece. All of it's part of the puzzle. But I try not to really focus on the negative and the aspects of the reality of what this world can do. I just try to equip them as as best I can each and every day. Yeah. Awesome, man. My man, Eddie Powell, joining me on the Fatherhood Podcast today. I'm glad to have him. And Eddie, how, as as a father of two, man, you're, you're OG in the game now. How would you say that you've evolved as a dad um maybe some things you you do now that you didn't think you would do when you first started things that you did um early on um that you thought would be a norm for you that it kind of faded off as time has passed i think that the the biggest thing that i've gleaned over the my short you know close to 10 years of being a father is showing my kids vulnerability um and to me Going to my child and say, you know what, daddy's sorry. Daddy shouldn't have yelled at you when I when you did this. Showing them that, you know what, daddy isn't perfect. Showing the flaws and the vulnerability to my kids. I apologize to both of my kids uh, as much as I can when I'm out of place, out of pocket, you know. And I mean, you know how it is. Life yeah. happens <laughs> when you got a wife and you got kids and life happens. And sometimes you make mistakes, even as a parent. But I think that it is important to show your kids a, a, a bit of vulnerability and that your you, mommy and daddy are not invincible. Mommy and daddy make mistakes. Yeah. yeah. And, and actually, why is that? Let me interrupt you right quick, man. Yeah. Why is that important? Because, you know, those of us of a certain age whose parents were of, of the quote unquote old school. You didn't see a lot of, of, you know, of, of admitting, admitting fault and apologizing. It was kind of my way or the highway, you know, my, you're under my roof, blah, blah, blah. You know, you know what I'm saying? So why, exactly. why is, why is showing that vulnerability, being open to apologizing and admitting, you know, when you're wrong in front of your kids important, especially as a dad? Well, to me, uh, in, in the experience that I had with my father, um, towards the later years, uh, once he was, you know, battling cancer, and we would, me and my father and I would have discussions, and and he would open up on on, on different discussions and different uh, elements in his life where he felt that he did wrong, and, and certain elements where uh, he he felt that he wasn't a success, and he made have made mistakes, and I appreciated that, like I really appreciated that almost more than I did all of the good things that he did to me when, when I was a kid, you know, with playing, you know, throwing, throwing, playing catch with me and playing basketball with me. Like those last days where he showed his vulnerability was one of the staples that I take, uh, one of the, the positive memories, like, yo man, this man wasn't bulletproof. You know what I'm saying? He yeah. was flawed and that made me love him even more. You know what I'm saying? And so showing my kids that, I think it is important because they need to know that, hey, in life, you make mistakes, you know, and, and it's yeah. OK to make mistakes, but you got to learn from them and you got to get yeah. better from them. And don't go through life thinking that you're not going to make mistakes. Learn from them, get better and just try not to make them again. What what has been or is the the most challenging part of fatherhood for you so far? The challenging part is managing life as far as the hats that you wear, the, the balls that you juggle as far as 
um, you know, with work and with, you know, trying to, you know, you, you still have to take care of your marriage, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and, and just making sure that, you know, the kids are getting everything they need. Um, a lot of uh, a big part of what I do with the Hawks, man, I, I cover the Hawks and uh, during basketball season, it is a yeah. grind because, um, I still work nine to five. Mm-hmm. That has got to pay the bills. So a, a typical day when I'm working a Hawks game, uh, being that I work on the elementary level, I have to be at work at seven a.m. Long day. So uh, I work. Yeah, <laughs> I, I work a full day with kids. Uh, I come home and make sure everything is straight with the kids before I go cover the game. Make sure. Uh, you know, dinner's done, make sure it baths, make sure homework, I get that done. And then the game, cover the game until 12 o'clock, you know, so that is like a full day. So uh, the support of my wife has just been like amazing. I mean, I couldn't do it, do anything without her. But managing that piece, managing the marriage piece, managing, making sure that you're present in your kid's life. And I'm not just talking about like just being around, but present, actively engaging your children, you know, uh, sometimes life can get a little tough, but I think that the management of all that is, is crucial. And that's what I try to do each and every day is just make sure that I'm managing everything and that I'm present for not only my kids, but my wife as well. So how do you, how do you prioritize making time for your wife and making time just for you? Because, you know, you always hear people say, you know, when you have kids, don't lose yourself, you know, for, don't, don't forget, you know, your marriage, you with, with so many hats, um, two young kids plus a wife, you know, plus these jobs you're juggling. How do you prioritize making time for, you know, one your marriage and one just for some some Eddie time? Yeah, um, a, a big part of my life is my faith. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, like my center is like my higher power. You know, I have to make sure that I'm grounded. I have to make sure that I'm in a good space with myself first and foremost before I could, because I can't give anything if I don't have anything, yeah. you know? So I have to make sure that I'm in a space where I, I'm taking care of myself from a good mental aspect. And from then on, everything else kind of, you just kind of play it by ear, you know? Um, the marriage piece is always evolving, just like fatherhood, I believe. Uh, the marriage, this is year of, uh, it's going to be year 14 going on year 14 for us. And it's always evolving. Like there's n- like no year has been the same. And so the, the, the uh, trying to schedule date nights and trying to be creative and how we spend time together is always evolving. Uh, my role as a father is always evolving because each year your kid's going to be going through something different, uh, different uh, work in school, different emotions and different things. So it's constantly evolving, but you just have to make sure first and foremost that you're okay. You know, um, if you're not in a good mental space, you're not going to be a good husband. You're not going to be a good father. And so you have to make sure that, you know, you're doing things like exercising, make sure you're getting enough rest, make sure you're not, you know, eating yourself into an early grave. So, you know, that's always a constant work. But, you know, I, 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 one thing I pride myself on is I don't give up on anything. So I'm always trying to improve the best version of myself. Awesome, man. And you, you touched on this a little bit earlier, the fact that you are in education at the elementary school level. And I'm curious how those those roles overlap uh, as, as, a, as a dad and as a, a male, black male, which you, you don't see that often, especially in today's age. Um, how do those those two those roles overlap? Well, I'll tell you this, man, the, the, the school that I work at, uh, my kids come from 
uh, let's just say colorful backgrounds. <laughs> and, and by colorful, man, I think you both know what you, you know what I mean, man. Some of my kids, some of my kids come from nothing, man. To be honest with you, some of my kids come from nothing. Uh, some of my kids live in motels. Some of my kids, uh, the only meals that they eat are at school. Um, so working in that type of population with, you know, a, a mother who may be strung out on drugs or, or just so many. I mean, I could just tell you stories, man, that you would be like, what? Like, I, I really can have my social worker degree <laughs> <laughs> working at this school. But there's a need, man. Like, I mean, like you said, there's not many black men on that level. Uh, there's a need. And, and that's why I was that's why I've been there um, while I have been. But um Stepping into that environment and then coming home, it has made me appreciate my own children that much more. It's like I don't talk to my kids twice. I tell them to do something and they do it. <laughs> so, I mean, that appreciation of just instilling good values and, and, and dealing with kids who may not have that uh, that value system that I'm installing in their kids makes me appreciative. And it makes me want to work harder for those kids who have less. For new dads like me and for others, what what is like one piece of advice that you would give, or maybe you pass on to other dads you come across with? What is that one piece of advice you you always pass on them as maybe keys to success in, in fatherhood? Um, I always say enjoy the journey, enjoy the journey, and by that you mean I mean enjoy the ups, enjoy the downs, um, enjoy the journey, and don't be afraid to not know what you're doing. <laughs> because a lot of us yeah. don't even even the seasoned veterans like it's okay to not know it's okay to be like i really don't know what i'm doing in this in this you know parenting thing it's okay to know that and it's okay to admit that sometimes you know and if you if you live your life in, in a space where you're just hey man we're just gonna we're gonna enjoy the journey and, and hopefully the good the good outweighs the bad and if that's the case man you you you're playing with house money <laughs> yeah yeah it, it, it is an indeed a journey man it is one that that is challenging but at the same time very rewarding and enjoy eddie before i let you go man always ask people to let to to plug what they have going on let let our listeners know how they can reach you how they can read your content just kind of plug everything you have going on no doubt man so um i have two well i have several twitter accounts uh my my account for the hawks is hawks beat that's all one word and you can follow me at hawks beat on twitter uh, my personal twitter is debt dude easy yeah that's where all my shenanigans go down um same name for instagram as well you can check out my website thehawksbeat.com and uh that's pretty much it man i'm, I'm around man all right man. well my <laughs> man i really appreciate you joining me on the fatherhood podcast Thanks for the invite, my guy. I want to thank my man, Eddie Powell, for joining me on the Fatherhood Podcast today. And as always, thank you for listening. You can find the Fatherhood Podcast on all major streaming platforms such as iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and others. On social media, you can like the Fatherhood Podcast page and follow me on Instagram at the Fatherhood Podcast. This was the third and final installment of my summer session series. I hope you've enjoyed these episodes I've dropped throughout the summer. And season two is on its way. So be on the lookout for that. I'll definitely keep you guys posted on when the new episodes will drop. Until next time, as always, thank you for listening. I'm Jamara Hudson. And this is The Fatherhood.